Hello, Autism Warrior, and welcome to Barefoot Autism Warriors podcast. I'm Ninka Benedet Mauritsson, and I am here to tell you that autism is a consciousness test. It's a wake-up call, and it's your chance to turn your life around. And when you do, everything changes. How did my son go from literally being given up by the whole system, not speaking, just doing echolalia and parrot language to fully, completely, normally, neurotypically communicating, learning a new language, um, completing his education at the same level as his peers, moving to England, finish the, the exams in college, should not be possible. And I want to dedicate this podcast episode to speech. How do you develop speech? What do you do when you're dealing with echolalia, nonverbal autism, parrot language, scripting, and how do you develop cognitive skills so that your child can become more independent and finish his, his or her education, or at least bond with the family, say mama and communicate. What is it that this child wants to say? I speak to moms every month who say, that my biggest dream is to hear my child say mama. My biggest dream is to hear my child tell me what he or she wants or needs. This podcast episode is about the five unusual reasons why our children struggle with speech and learning and development and cognitive skills and five very unusual ways to actually deal with it at root cause level so that your child can learn how to speak and communicate to the best of his or her abilities. So before we dive in, please like this video if you're watching it in YouTube and uh, share it. Subscribe to this podcast so that we can get the word out. Not many people are talking about these these very important ways to develop skills out there. So let's dive in. Unusual ways to develop speech. Number one, what we did right from the beginning when my son was an infant, before he was even diagnosed, was something that later on increased his ability to retain and understand and comprehend and develop speech and go from echolalia, not really speaking, having three or four words, just parroting our language, to having a fully, um, perfectly spelled, written language and fully be able to communicate verbally as well later on in life. But we didn't know this, so maybe you don't know either. So the brain actually retains every attempt to understand and learn something. So even though it doesn't seem like it, the brain registers words and keeps it in the brain and uses it when the brain has been prepared to actually utilize and understand it and put it into context. So what we did is something you can copy immediately no matter what age your child is. We took note blocks. And we wrote the title of everything. Mom. Book. Kitchen. Dad. Guitar. Pencil. We had notes everywhere describing everything. And so we would point towards it and we would repeat the word. We did that for a very long time. And we based it on a book that we read uh, about babies being able to read and being able to develop language really early on if we do if you do stuff like that. And we wanted to create this perfectly learning, perfectly developing baby before we got the diagnosis. And I believe this is one of the cl clues why 
a child that shouldn't be able to develop speech like ours, who didn't have any capacity in that uh, in that uh, department, ended up becoming neurotypical in his communication. You can do the same thing. Start writing everything on pieces of paper, hang it everywhere, even on the window. Every time you walk by it, you point towards it and you pronounce it really clearly and, and uh, your baby will rec- your child will register and store it for later use. Number two, build nutritional foundation and remove triggers. So removing triggers that disrupt speech development and feeding the brain, feeding the gut is really, really important. There are different several reasons for this. First of all, there's a connection between the brain and the gut. There is a really important thing to understand, which is that what's great for the gut is not necessarily great for the brain. So what you are eating might be disrupting your child's ability to learn because it might be healthy for the gut, but it's actually preventing the brain from learning and storing information and developing speech. So what are those things? Let's start with the things to remove the triggers, the the speech development blockers. What are they? What are the most common ones? We want to avoid foods that have a reputation for or are known to cause more aggression, cause more inflammation, cause a opioid reaction inside the body, which will of course cause either apathetic behavior or hyperactive behavior so that the child can't focus or can't take in information. So what are those foods? Um, One of the most important things that we removed initially was dairy. We removed gluten. And those are the two critical ones in the beginning because these are the ones that in many many autistic children or children with ADHD or learning difficulties they actually don't really break down we don't have the enzyme to fully break down gluten or dairy so these partially um, digested particles will then enter into the bloodstream if there's a case of permeability in the gut which will happen a lot of times with our children they have gut issues they have issues with digestion and so these um, these protein um, parts of the protein um, chains that will then enter into the bloodstream will cause the immune system to respond, and it will also look like and behave like opioids. This is so wild about gluten and dairy, and so you'll see children who are either spacing out, not being able to focus, or children who are really hyperactive, almost like they are on either heroin or um, uppers like speed or, or cocaine and it's because it's the same effect in the body if you can't break down gluten and dairy proteins that's what what's going to happen it's actually very normal and common and you will not be able to detect this in a in a, a mainstream allergy food allergy test so it's best just to cut it out altogether but there's more to be said about food and what to take out of the mix Because if your child's got anxiety or mood swings, aggression or tantrums, it's really important to learn and retain and comprehend anything. So one of the things that really can cause problems here are the things that cause problems are histamine and glutamates. So histamine, because 
when you have a child with uh, with autism or mood swings or OCD like tendencies or or hyperactivity, there's probably and often an issue with undermethylation. This is not something you test with an MTHFR test, by the way. So this is a whole different story for another day. I've created several videos about this. You can watch them here and here. But if you're undermethylated, you will not have the proper activity and suppression of neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin. And that is a problem for learning and focus and concentration. But it also is a problem when it comes to mood aggression, anxiety, and that is also a, a massive um, stress factor when it comes to learning and developing speech. If you're anxious, if you, are, if you have mood swings, if you're aggressive, if you're hyperactive, it's really hard to learn and retain and develop speech. So uh, histamine is an issue for children with these symptoms because we have undermethylation often going on. And when you're low in methyl, you're already high in histamine. So eating foods that are high in histamine or glutamates can exacerbate symptoms like tantrums, mood swings, anxiety, aggression, and lack of focus in a learning situation. I teach this inside my membership, and if you want to talk more about this, check, check out the link below this video or my other videos that I'm referring to uh, below this video. But it's really important to remove triggers and to eat in a way that is really suitable for your child's biotype. Now, then it also, we, we often talk about what we remove from the diet, but it's also really important what we add into the diet. I am no fan of any exclusion diet, except the ones that I was talking about right now. These are the food items that we need to get rid of. But we need meat, we need good fats, we need vegetables, we need fruits, we need starch, starches, we need carbs. And so the brain needs food and the gut needs food. We talked about the connection between the brain and the gut and the fact that um, the triggering foods like the histamine-rich foods such as fermented foods, probiotics, kombucha, um, soy sauce, anything that is fermented or contains yeast or is highly processed, even protein powder can contain glutamates and high, are high in histamine, yogurts, all these things that are actually healthy for the gut, is not, they are not healthy for the brain because they create these excitatory reactions like we just talked about, they exacerbate symptoms that makes it really hard for us to develop speech. So... What's healthy for the gut, like kombucha and fermented foods, are not healthy for children who are already struggling with learning and mood and aggression and behavior. But what are then really good foods to add in? We want to feed the gut. We want to feed the microbiome because a microbiome, a healthy microbiome, will always improve learning and behavior and ability to learn. So we're talking berries, we're talking all types of vegetables, cooked and cooled, raw vegetables, um, starch, starches, sweet potatoes, maybe some gluten-free um, pasta, some rice, some gluten-free bread that's homemade and not processed and full of glutamates again and histamine. But real foods, so healthy fats like coconut oil, avocado oil, olive oil, butter if you tolerate it, um, 
um, goose fat maybe and some some uh, nut and seed oils to sprinkle on top of it of the food of course cold pressed and organic and then all the berries some fruits some meat chicken fish all these things will prov- provide the nutrition for the brain without disrupting the behavior through excitatory reactions so feed your child a whole food diet just a quick interruption here when you're listening to this podcast about speech does it set you on fire does it does it turn you on emotionally and and mentally and cognitively to try and help your child develop skills as well to try and help your child learn how to speak and communicate does it make sense what i'm talking about if it does and you want to follow in my footsteps and turn your child's symptoms around the way that i did when my child was dimming having echolalia scripting sleepless nights tantrums eloping no communication picky eating from that to none of those symptoms if you want to follow in my footsteps and know exactly what i did step by step and do it in a shorter time frame than i did send me an email contact at barefootautismwarriors.com and there's a reason why i'm asking you to actually take the initiative and send me an email even though I know 90% of you won't do it. And that's because I don't want to work with moms who don't have enough initiative to send me an email, who wants me to come to them and make it easy for them because turning these symptoms around, believe me, that's not easy. So I don't need you to contact me if you're not ready to do what I did and go all in and go all the way to turn every stone to get your child to independence and best possible outcome. Now back to the podcast. Unusual ways to stimulate speech number three is to stimulate the center in the brain that's responsible for learning, retention, focus, speech, developing skills that we need as a human and that we need in order to develop words, understand language, understand grammar, understand social rules, which is also important for speech development. So what's that center in the brain? That part of the brain is called the cerebellum and it's stimulated by the things that we do in nature, by the things that we're created to do in nature, such as crawling, creeping, cross-coordination, visual stimulation, which is something we do when we're hunting. We're looking at things at the distance. We're looking at things close up. So these exercises, physical exercises, where we mimic the way that we are designed to move around in nature, something that we use for our child right from the beginning of the turnaround process. That's what we did from day one, and I think that's part of the reason why he's now speaking completely normally, communicating, writing, all the things that most moms with a child, especially children that are nonverbal, can only dream of. So you cannot develop speech in a passive indoor lifestyle the more you use screens the more you're indoors which is why i quit aba and ot and speech therapy by the way because you are dealing with the symptoms but not the root cause which is the brain is not fully developed sometimes it's not fully developed because the child hasn't crawled for long enough that was the case for my child sometimes the child hasn't creeped enough sometimes the child has been in baby walkers or baby jumpers my child did for sure. Uh, screen time, passive indoor lifestyle makes 
makes it really hard for the brain to develop speech, 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 speech and language and understanding and comprehension because we need physical stimulation to do that. So get your child out so outside and do all these physical things that you would do if you were living in nature. These are also things that I teach when I work with moms and, and, and inside my membership. So it's really, really important that you understand the role of physical exercise when it comes to developing the brain. Number four is remove stress hormones. Really simple. Uh, one of my first mentors taught me this. This child is so hyperactive and so stressed, he cannot get rid of his stress hormones. You need him to do physical exercises to release those stress hormones, which meant that we were doing running sessions with him every week. And then you need to stimulate the nervous system to be able to calm down when that is needed before going to sleep. And um, and also when we want to learn and practice speech, we want to be able to be calm. So healing the nervous system and exercise, like cardio exercise, running, playing, football, all these things that that allows the body to get rid of these build-up stress hormones that most of our children deal with and struggle with. Okay, and then finally, the, the fifth and most strange reason why our children don't speak. This is an emotional, spiritual part of the lack of speech development in our children. One of the most difficult ones for me to swallow and deal with and change, which is... Not only do children express what we suppress, but their lack of speaking, of voicing their, their needs, of communicating and bonding with us is also a message about something that's going on inside us, something that needs to change. Often it has to do with us censoring ourselves, censoring our own needs, um, living our lives based on trauma responses that we learned really early on in life where we learned that we weren't worthy, we weren't good enough, so we started performing or we started to detach from our own body and stopped understanding and taking good care of ourselves. Our children actually point out those blind spots for us. So if your child doesn't have a voice, you need to ask yourself, where did I lose my voice? What is it that this child is refusing to is showing me about where I refuse to speak up, to speak the truth. It's almost always linked to somewhere in life where we are not speaking the truth or not living our truth, where we are suppressing our own needs, where we are not parenting ourselves, where we are not setting boundaries, where we're scared of becoming who we are supposed to be. But autism and speech problems and ADHD and all these symptoms are actually wake-up calls. It's your second chance. And our children are always advocates for our inner children and for our needs as parents, as mothers. And so if your child doesn't have a voice, we have to ask ourselves, where is it that I lost my voice? lost the will to or ability to speak my truth because when you begin to be honest and start healing yourself things will also change with your child and speech i've seen i've seen this over and over again with the tens and thousands of moms that i've worked with since 2007 so i really hope this was useful if it was i would love for you to subscribe to the channel and give this video a like so that we can spread this message to even more moms and get more children to 
better communication and speaking and bonding with their families. Until next time, see you and thank you for watching. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I want to make sure that I glorify God and I thank God for the way that he has transformed my life and instructed me even when I was not a believer, when I didn't follow him, I didn't follow his rules, I didn't have faith and I wasn't walking with Jesus. But if you listened to this podcast and you think, wow, this this is really something that I would like to learn more about. I want to try more of these tools. I want to know what is it that really happened in this family where all these symptoms were turned around, not only for the child with autism and ADHD, but also for the whole family. Go to barefootautismwarriors.com, click on podcasts, go through these episodes and there will be an episode about any of the problems that you're dealing with right now. So uh, barefootautismwarriors.com and click on free resources or get started. Thank you for, uh, for listening in and thank you for following us.